Hi, I'm Paul Ellard. Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother, the Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our sessions, we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk, we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. We will also include a testimony of people who have experienced her love and grace in their own lives. So welcome to the program and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our loving God, we give you thanks and praise for all your love, for all your mercy, for all your graces. We thank you, Lord, that you have been sending your Blessed Mother to visit us with a message of hope. We thank you for this message. We thank you for showing us the serious situation that the world is in today. And we thank you that you give us hope and you call us to greater things. We praise you and we thank you. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we want to look at the topic of Marian apparitions. But before we get into any specific apparition, let's first look at the overall picture of why Jesus sends his mother to earth. Why is it that Jesus has been sending Mary so frequently in the times in which we live? Just as Mary was visited by a messenger from God in the form of Archangel Gabriel, God has allowed and sent his own mother as his own personal messenger to us. And she comes to us as our mother. Mary has especially been coming to us during this last hundred years, which, as Mary has said, Satan has increased his power and has grown very strong. And the reason, because the greater part of humanity has turned away from God. Remember, Satan is a spirit, and the way he acts in the world is through us, through bodies. Just as God acts in the world through bodies, so does the evil spirit act in the world through bodies. So our actions are very important. And the more humanity turns away from God and forgets, the greatness of the cross and its rich meaning, the more Satan's power increases. And we can easily see this when we look at the World War One, World War Two, all the hatred and greed, selfishness and the degrading of humanity, which is everywhere around us these days. And then so many other wars that have happened in the last 50 years. The world is not in a good place. So God has sent his own mother 
as his own personal messenger for us. It's beautiful when you think about it. And throughout all of this history and all of these terrible things that have been happening in the world, Mary has suffered with her children. She suffers because she knows the peace and the true freedom that they could have. Mary watched her son suffer so deeply to give us these gifts, to give us this peace and freedom. And yet, she has to watch her children suffer and endure so much suffering and pain because they've turned away from that gift. So Mary comes to remind us. Why is it that Mary is visiting us like never before in the history of the world? First of all, we have to ask again, who is Mary? She is our mother. And as mother, what happens? She comes to protect her children. She comes in many times, in many places, under many titles. Some have been officially recognised by the church. Others are still in that process of being recognised. But we want to look at some of the significant visitations that Mary has come. And she comes as our mother. The heart of Mary is intrinsically the heart of a mother. This is absolutely crucial. If we don't grasp this, we'll never understand who Mary is. The heart of Mary is intrinsically the heart of a mother who comes to us above all else as a mother who loves us. What do mothers do? Mothers, they suffer and they weep for their children. They rejoice and they smile with their children. A mother protects her children. She teaches her children. And a mother guides and directs her children to truth and along the correct path. But mothers also, they admonish and correct their children when they see they are doing the wrong thing or taking a path that's going to bring them unhappiness and sorrow. A mother shows the way and especially does this by example. Mary is a mother who reflects the goodness of her children to them. She's a mother who comforts and consoles. She's a mother who walks with her children, showing them what true freedom is and the responsibilities that are associated with that true freedom. And finally, a mother is one who gives her children hope. Now this is very important. Every authentic Marian apparition must include a strong message of hope or else it's not from God. That doesn't mean that the message might not contain some very serious aspects. The message of Fatima, Our Lady, warned that the world will get to a state where nations will be annihilated. Now that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty strong message. But, she says, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph and peace will reign. So, always that message of hope. Most of us hate being corrected or admonished or told how we should behave or how we, how we should live, especially from our parents. 
But if we really take the time to think and reflect about it, it's only because our parents love and care about our happiness. They correct us, they put restrictions on our behaviour, they call us to be responsible. They teach us what is right and wrong and try to show us the path that they believe will bring us peace and happiness. Mary is no different as a mother, except Mary's love for us is united with her son's perfect love for us as well. So unlike our parents, Mary knows the perfect path that will bring each of her children to the deepest peace and happiness because she knows the perfect plan of the Father for each one of us. Our earthly parents can never do this. And so Mary's task and desire as our mother is to bring us to that fulfilment so that the Trinity can be honoured and glorified in each of God's children, so that Mary can bring to her son each of the children he placed in her loving care at the foot of the cross. It is with this in her heart that Mary has come to us as God's messenger and as our mother. So whatever the apparition we're talking about, whether Lourdes, Fatima, Rwanda, they call a response from us. They call us to listen to Mary, to see the path she is showing us, and for us to respond. This is very important. Otherwise, the message is wasted. We have to listen. We have to receive the message and respond to it. Mary has appeared very joyful, as well as other times very sad in her visitations to us. There have been statues of Mary that have wept. Mary is crying for her children. Don't let her tears be wasted. Now there's many people who think that we are living in an age of Mary. And that's really not too hard to conclude if you look at all the Marian apparitions of the last hundred years. But many also think that we're living in a climax of the age of Mary. And Our Lady has talked about a wonderful era that is coming. And even saints like St. Louis de Montfort talked about a wonderful reign of Mary. And so many people in the world feel that John Paul introduced the beginning of this age of Mary. We still have a long way to go, but there's no doubt that devotion to Mary has had a revival which was perhaps lost in the 70s and the 80s. So, if this is the age of Mary, when did the age of Mary begin? Well, that's a good question. and Many people point to 1830 when Our Lady appeared to St. Catherine Labore in Rudebach in France and gave us what we now call the Miraculous Medal. You might remember that medal. It has Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to you around the edge of it. It's actually called the Medal of the Immaculate Conception. But because so many miracles have been attached through the intercession of Mary and this devotion, that that's now more commonly known as the Miraculous Medal. Our Lady then appeared in La Salette in 1846. 
All these apparitions I'm mentioning are church-approved apparitions. In 1858, a lady appeared in France, in St. Louis, and then 1862, St. John Bosco was given a vision in his dream of an era when the church would be in great crisis. What he saw in his vision was a boat that was floating on the ocean, and the boat represented the church. And there were many other smaller boats in the ocean as well. And a lot of these smaller boats were actually persecuting the bigger boats. They were firing cannons and hurling abuse. In the vision of St. John Bosco had, a storm broke out, and the sea became very turbulent, and a lot of the smaller boats were going under. And then a man in white moved to the front of the boat, symbol of the Pope, looked into the distance and saw two pillars coming out of the ocean. On the taller one was Jesus in the real presence of the Eucharist, and on the smaller one was Mary. And the Pope ordered that the boat, representing the church, be anchored between these two pillars. And so that's what happened. They were secured between these two pillars. And then as the storm got so bad, all the other boats were all capsized. Many of them came on board and were rescued on the bigger boat. And the only one left was the big boat that was saved through the Eucharist and through Mary. Now many had said perhaps that was John Paul. But of course, we still don't have complete peace and the church is still being persecuted. So perhaps it's another pope in another time. But significant, I think, is that vision of Don Bosco's in 1862. And then in 1871, Pontemain in France, Our Lady appeared. A little bit later in 1876, again in France. And then in Knock in Ireland, 1879. Some of you may have been to that famous shrine in Ireland. And then in 1917, in Portugal at Fatima. Very, very important apparition. We'll do a specific session on that particular apparition. And then a lady appeared in Belgium in 1923 through to 1933 and then in Rwanda in 1981 you might remember in Rwanda back in that period in the 80s some of you may remember there was a huge war between two African tribes and it was a very violent war bodies were floating in the river Our Lady had come just before the breakout of that war to call people to peace and then there are many, many other church-approved apparitions. I'll just name a few of them. I have a list here of another 20. I just mentioned, uh, what, 11, and there's another 20. But I'll just pick out some of these that you may be aware of. A lady's apparition to St. Faustina, 1937, the, the Apostle of Mercy, as she's called, in Amsterdam, in Holland, to Ida Perriman, in 1945, in the Ukraine, 1987, that was witnessed by thousands of people. Also in 1968, in Egypt, thousands of people saw Our Lady appear above a church each evening there for a number of nights. 
all these Marian apparitions. Why is Our Lady coming? Because we are in a bad state. We are in a very bad state. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 3, Jesus said, In the evening you say, it will be fine. There is a red sky. And in the morning, stormy weather today. The sky is red and overcast. You know how to read the face of the sky, but you cannot read the signs of the times. Now, John Paul used to often talk about the signs of the times. When we're talking about this age of Mary and these apparitions with strong messages, I think we have to see the signs of the times. It's not the end of the world. In fact, Our Lady has actually said that, that these messages that she brings, she's not talking about the end of the world. She's talking about a crisis in the world that will result in an era of peace, just the opposite, an era of peace. But between us and this era of peace, there is a period of purification. And that's seemingly that's going to be a pretty tough time for the world. So what does she do? She calls us to conversion and prayer, especially to say the rosary and a call to the sacrament of reconciliation. Remember, the first message of the gospel is repent and believe. So we need to get back to basics. We need to believe in God. We need to repent and believe. So we need conversion and prayer. We must pray. We cannot have a relationship with anyone if we're not communicating with them. We need to have a relationship with God and with Mary, and she especially recommends to us the rosary. Almost every apparition of the recent era, a lady calls us to pray the rosary. She's not doing this just for some novel thing. This is a serious thing. If she's calling us to say the rosary, then you can be sure there are huge graces in the rosary. We've already done a session on the rosary and we've talked much about these graces that are available. She comes to give us hope. Yes, there's going to be some purification, but she comes to give us hope that there's a wonderful era of peace that is approaching. And it would seem that this is the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus from what she has given us in our church-approved Marian apparitions. And God is telling us that in a special way, his mother, and in particular, consecration to Mary's Immaculate Heart, is a way to get through all the confusion and the troubled times and to lead us into this wonderful era. So, we need to pray. We need to see the importance of the Mass. One of the wonderful things John Paul did was revive Eucharistic adoration through World Youth Days. And it's so wonderful now to see people in adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Again, we still have a long way to go before we see it in every parish. There's no doubt there's been a revival of adoration among young people. Well, thank you for being with us. Next time we will start looking at specific Marian apparitions. 
But please don't go away because we'll be right back with our special guest for this week. We'll be sharing something of their own love for the Blessed Virgin Mary. back. Today's special guest is Sister Rachel Fleurant. Rachel has been a sister with the Missionaries of God's Love for the last nine years. She has recently celebrated her final vows on the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, Saturday the 11th of February. She has completed a Bachelor of Theology through the Yarra Theological College in Melbourne and she's currently working in the area of pastoral care and youth ministry in a parish in Melbourne. Rachel is passionate and enthusiastic about responding to the urgent needs of our time to proclaim the gospel and seeing the power of the gospel unleashed in people's lives. So welcome to the program, Rachel. Thank you, um, Paul. It's really great to be with you today. Rachel, can you tell us something about your relationship with Mary? Yeah, sure. So for me, I guess my relationship with Mary began back in about 1996-97. So um, I was a very happy young person. <laughs> and I went to a wonderful thing called a Summer School Evangelization, which is a youth camp run for young people 18 to 35. And basically the school is a really great way for young people to get more in touch with their Catholic faith and to meet other young people and then to be formed and nurtured in a really great environment with enthusiastic gospel music and praise and worship. And anyway, I decided to go to a seminar which was all about Mary. And at that stage, I was really interested and intrigued. So I went along and first of all, I guess, just hearing the speaker talk about Mary, I could see that this speaker had a really great relationship with Our Lady and that sort of sparked something in me whereby I was like, I don't really know Mary. Like, I've grown up with devotions and knowing that my mum had a very deep devotion to Mary, but I really didn't know her personally. And I remember this speaker actually saying, you know, praying to Mary doesn't take away from your relationship from Christ. Because I used to think if I start praying to Mary, I might lose my focus or I might, you know, spend too much time with her <laughs> and actually not have enough time for Jesus. And that was the beginning of something of a, an awareness, a deeper awareness of Mary and the treasure and the beautiful love that she has for us as her children. And I guess the other thing that really sparked my interest too was that I saw young people praying the rosary at this summer school and I was thinking, hey, I thought praying the rosary was not cool at all. <laughs> and I used to think that it was only for really the older ladies in the parish, their deep devotion to the rosary. So I actually joined these young people in the rosary and I found great peace in just being in front of Our Lady and praying with them together and getting past my, I guess, my my old feelings of thinking that it's just a traditional old prayer for old people to be praying. Mm. As a religious sister, 
I guess you'll feel you know, called to imitate Mary. And I was wondering, what are some of the qualities or aspect of Mary's life which you are most drawn to that you, you want to imitate in her? Oh, there's hundreds of qualities of Mary I'd love to imitate and um, really model my life. And I guess Mary being the perfect disciple has so much to offer in terms of discipleship. But for, um, I guess, being a consecrated woman, one of the essential ones is just her beautiful gift of humility, you know, that she really just knew the truth of being totally transparent before God and knowing how to just be in the presence of God. And yet, her life was very hidden mm. and she wasn't someone that was a very charismatic leader or a dynamic leader, but in her humility, she had this beautiful openness and receptivity to the Word of God and listening to Him and responding in so many different situations in her life. And when I look at her life, I just think, you know, she's been through great suffering. She's been through great tribulations in her journey. And in that, I guess I can really relate them to my own life when I've had difficult times. I also run to Mary because I know she's been in times of turmoil and difficulty, she's had to be a refugee when she had to flee to Egypt. And, you know, not having the riches of the world, she knows what it means to live poverty, like we live poverty and take a vow of poverty. So even just the total abundance of God's provision in her life, when I'm sure she would have thought, is God going to provide here? But she had this deep trust in knowing that there were never times where she was without God's provision and she had this very deep relationship with the Holy Spirit um, by birthing the Holy Spirit within her and really knowing that deep relationship of the Spirit's love and the Spirit's gift and the fruit within her life. There was an abundance of yeses and yeses in every part of her life. So when I find myself in difficult times, I'm just like, it's too difficult to do God's will. I just turn to Mary and ask her for the grace to really be open and receptive even when it there's a great cost involved or there's great pain in being in those places of difficulty. Mm. And when we look back to the gospel, we see that Mary's always pointing the way to Christ, you know, at the time of the Annunciation where she says to the angel, I'm a handmaid of the Lord and I'll do anything that God calls me to do. I'll do whatever he tells me. And then once again in the gospels later in at the wedding feast where she says, to Jesus, do whatever he tells you. You know, here she is inspiring, encouraging, affirming the beautiful miracle that's to take place. Rachel, could you tell us something about how you've seen the power of God's grace manifested in your devotion to Mary? Is there any examples that you perhaps could share with us where you've experienced that in, in your journey? Yes, I guess there's many, many different instances, but one of them that comes to mind is a couple of years ago, I was going through a really hard time in my studies. Oh, you mentioned that I did a theology degree, so my studies have always been quite a struggle for me, and I guess for me, I've had to work really hard to achieve decent results. And so for me, having to go through these different difficulties in my studies, I've really turned to Mary to help me and to ask God for the graces through her to to be able to get through and to do well and to see the miracles happen in my own life. So there was a situation where I actually got a fail for one of my results 
and I was devastated and I remember just praying and asking Our Lady for a deeper awareness of, I guess, where to call for help. <laughs> and I remember just really trusting and entrusting my prayer to the heart of Mary to see, to ask for guidance because I was so confused and I was basically in a place of giving up and thinking, I just don't want to go on with this and I'm, I'm really happy to just let it all go. But I found that Mary was speaking to me and encouraging me to hold on and, and to really pray through her as a mother of justice that God's will is fulfilled in everything, even when there's failures in our lives. And and it so happened for me that I actually decided to get a, a revised examiner to relook at my assessment. And through that, over time, three or four weeks later, I was actually granted a, a revised mark and I ended up passing. Mm. So it was a it was a wonderful miracle of God's grace, but I was also prepared to let go and to accept God's will in that situation because through praying to Our Lady, I could see that you know success is not important. <laughs> you know, reaching a great grade is not about being successful. But it was really truly about the things I had learned and, and the areas I had grown in in that time. And I just really turned to prayer and seeking God's will and wanting God's will and wanting God's glory through that. But really, Our Lady kept speaking to me in those times of just consoling me and comforting me and encouraging me to know my own value is not really in the world, but really truly just in the beauty of loving and being the person that I am, which is not in the world's value, but really truly in God's value and in God's sight. Yes, Rachel, I think you've really put your finger on something, a number of comments you've made there are really very powerful, but... The one that I really connected to was that letting go. It's like when we mm-hmm. let go, it's you know, it's almost a sense we allow God in. But when we're That's trying right. to control things, or like you said, the, perhaps the wrong motivation we're doing something for, we need to perhaps pull back sometimes and say, well, what is my motive? Am I doing it for my own glory? Or am I doing That's it for right. God? Whatever. I know they're the things that I've had to come to grips with as well. So, And I'm sure many of our listeners have... I've also had to struggle with these things. So, yeah, look, just, and one final question before we run out of time. I, I know the MGLs, they have a special consecration to Mary. I was wondering, perhaps you might share with the listeners something about a specific consecration to Mary, uh, which the MGL sisters and brothers do. Yes, we have a consecration prayer that our founder has written, Father Kembarko. And our entrustment to her is what we pray every day. So in evening prayer, we pray that whole entrustment to her heart and that she leads us closer to her son and teaching us how to be humble and how to pray. And I've experienced, I guess, the fruits of that consecration is really a tool for greater holiness. Uh And it's been a way that I'm really able to see myself taking on the virtues of Mary's heart that we also have in our chapels the icon of Mary, the Vladimir icon, which is Jesus resting his head, the little baby Jesus resting his head against Mary. And that's another beautiful image and way that we're praying. As we actually um, finish our night prayer, we always have a particular hymn to Our Lady, even as we're entering into our night, for protection and also for her to guard us and to lead us to her son. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, Rachel, thank you very much for being with us today. I know you've had a busy schedule today, but thank you for taking time out to speak with us. And I'm sure many of the listeners will um, have enjoyed very much what you've shared with your journey. So thank you. 
Thank and you. It's wonderful to share about Our Lady. I have a great love for her. And I pray that many other people would also discover the beauty and the greatness of her life and the model and the graces that we receive through her. Well, thank you, Rachel. That's lovely. To all our listeners, we thank you for tuning in and we hope you'll tune in next time to our Queen, our Mother, the graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Radio.org.au